enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Talkcast. Your one stop for all things geek. All things geek. This is the Temple of Geek Talkcast, episode 10. Strong female characters on superhero shows today. I am your host, Daniel. On this episode, we discuss positive role models that women have on television today. Joining me on this episode is associate producer of Assemblies of Geek and Fantastic TV, Lauren Galloway. How are you doing today, Lauren? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. Also joining us from the Temple of Geek are Allison, Catherine, Jody, Katie, Laura, and Paul. Welcome all. What's up? Hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yo. Wow, that was awesome. So on today's episode, I want to kind of do something a little bit different. I want to just kind of discuss the role models that women have on television shows today, particularly superhero television shows. We all know, like, shows, uh, Batman and Superman, you know, shows that came out back in the day, and by back in the day, I mean, like, the 40s, 50s, and 60s. They had women on the shows that weren't really what I would consider role models for women, the role models are the women on those shows, like, uh, for instance, Superman. You had Lois Lane, who was mostly just a damsel in distress for, you know, for someone for Superman to rescue. Um, on shows like Batman, um, you had characters that were just there for um, Batman and Robin to rescue, like Batgirl. She was introduced particularly for that reason. Uh, Lauren, what? why do you think uh, women were treated that way in shows like that back in the day? You know, it's interesting. I was looking through some clips of some of those older shows, and there was one clip in particular where these villains were robbing a bank, and the bank manager was trying to get the attention of the female female guard at the bank, and he couldn't get her attention because she was too busy putting on makeup, um, and then he tried to get the attention of two female police officers outside, and they were too busy sharing recipes, and it's such a... It's such a flawed perspective of women because that's not really what women were like back then. You know, they didn't just put on makeup and, and compare recipes. You know, women worked back in those those times and they took care of their families. So I think it was just a reflection on the fact that men did not know how to write female characters because, like, in, in film, there were fantastic female protagonists like Katherine Hepburn, Lauren Bacall, but on television, there were never really strong female characters. And so I think they really didn't know what to do and they turned them into kind of ditzy damsel in distresses instead of letting them be heroes. Anybody have anything they want to add to that? Um, I love that you brought up Katherine Hepburn because I grew up watching her films at my grandparents' place and I loved her and I loved her determination and in the characters she played and those were really well written and then uh, a couple of weeks ago I was watching some clips on YouTube and I was forcing myself not to cringe because it was so bad and a fairly inaccurate portrayal of women at the time going well we aren't all that stupid Um, and I certainly know we weren't stupid women weren't stupid 50 years ago either and so I've loved the direction that Hollywood is slowly taking towards writing really strong female characters. Yeah, and I have to say, growing up, I know um, Lucille Ball of I Love Lucy isn't a superhero, but she really paved the way for the possibility of having not just a strong woman, but a really interesting, well-rounded, human, funny woman, and... I wish there was a little bit less emphasis on the idea of having a strong woman and more of just a person instead. But it's a long, we have a long way to go before we, I think we can actually get to that point. So when like the show Wonder Woman came out, um, do you think Wonder Woman took, I guess I would say the feminist movement movement to the extreme? It definitely did with the costume. You didn't watch Wonder Woman? Yeah, I, I, I did not like Wonder Woman. I didn't like the, the costume that she had, personally, and that just kind of, it, it's not practical of a costume, first of all, to be fighting in, where, you know, your skin is exposed. <laughs> but, um, I like what they're, what they're doing on Arrow with the Canary costume, which is so much better. Oh, but Wonder Woman, though, did help 
a lot of women when it came to superheroes. Personally, me, it didn't help because I still didn't think she was um, a superhero to me. She didn't she didn't embody the things that we're getting right now with, um, say, Agent Carter or, you know, just uh, even Felicity on Arrow and in some of those characters or you know, Black Widow. But that I mean, that's just how it is for me right now with um, and then along with um, Supergirl and that's another horrible costume. Don't even get me started on that one either. Mm-hmm. Apparently, CBS has done a lot of good job with developing the costume. It's supposed to be much better now. But we shall see, because there's no pictures yet. I think the Wonder Woman series was definitely a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the writing for that character did come out of the women's lib movement. But it was it was refreshing to watch a show like that. Like, I love the scene where she's like, you know, I actually take orders from a man at my job. And her uh, her friend is like, you take orders from a man? Um, because in their world, that's not how that works. And so it, it was definitely refreshing to see some role reversal. And, and the show wasn't perfect by any means, but I think it was definitely a step towards writing better female superhero characters. Yeah. I read this really fabulous article called Warrior Women in Thong by Susan Douglas, and it talked about um, Xena, Warrior Princess, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and how it was able to, those, both those shows were able to take the, you know, the newfound female aggression, like the, you know, the hard-talking, fast-talking, like, kick-butt female character, but also mix it with that femininity with, like, the costumes, because you mentioned... Uh, Wonder Woman's costume, and then you look at what Xena wore, so it's very very close on that spectrum, but they're able to take that femininity as well as that aggression and mix it together and come out with two characters that pave the way for all the new ones that we seem to be having coming into this modern time. And we mentioned Agent Carter before, because I, I think we can all agree that it's a really powerful show. Um there, uh, Marvel actually posted a video about the costumes of Agent Carter, and they talked about how this time era is so great for costuming because a lot of women wore the A-line skirt, which allows for a lot of flexibility and movement because, you know, uh, Agent Carter's got to, you know, kick some butt, and she's got to run and do all these things, and she wears practical heels, which can be, as we saw in one of the scenes, can be used as a weapon. Um, <laughs> a good one at that. Um, but at the same time, they did have her, when she was doing spy missions, she was wearing pants. Not super common for the time, but they did exist. So yeah. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely a great thing that a woman, you know, can embrace her femininity, especially if that's what she chooses to identify as. And at the same time, still be, you know, have a lot of characteristics that are are more on the masculine side, you know, like rough and tough. But at the same time, you know... You can still be a girl. You can wear your lipstick, and you can throw a few punches. So, Paul, let me ask you a question, since you're one of the males of the group here tonight. Watching those shows growing up, did you happen to notice that female characters were not uh, treated as equals as um, like the men were? Yeah, but like like it's been mentioned already, it's, I think it was just because of the time that it was. And, and, and those shows were male-dominant shows. It was about... Batman, it was about Superman, it was about uh, the greatest American hero, whatever it was, and it was their show, so since they were the hero, they had to save, inevitably, the girl, you know, because it's always about the girl when it comes to that that type of show, so that's what they fell into. So now that, yeah, you have Agent Carter, so now you have um, Jarvis is the quote-unquote damsel in distress, because he's always helping her out, he's always taking the, taking the lick of it, you know what I'm saying? So I think I think it's 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 because of that. If it's if if they're the the star of the show, then the roles will reverse in a sense. But yeah, back in back in the day, I mean, that's it was just a male dominant field. I, I would assume on TV. Mm-hmm. Mm, definitely. All right. So jumping forward ahead today, Lauren, do you feel that some of the shows that are out today are in are heading towards the right direction for for uh, women role models? Absolutely. I think that television today is is totally heading in the right direction. Um, I mean, you can li- you can start listing the strong female characters on television, and the list starts to get really, really, really long. Um, obviously, there's Agent Peggy Carter, 
Then we have Felicity Smoke, Sia, Laurel Lance, um, Nissa Al Ghul, and Sarah Lance, and uh, you could say Huntress on Arrow, and Amanda Waller. Um, mm. Then on The Flash, you have Caitlin Snow, you have Iris West, you have Plastique, you have Peekaboo, um, and that's just, you know, those are just a handful of shows. Um, mm-hmm. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has uh, Bobby Morris, who's Mockingbird, you have Ming-Na Wen playing Agent May, you have Chloe Bennett playing Sky, um, Gemma, you know, you think about the companions in Doctor Who, I know that's not really a, a superhero show, but it's definitely sci-fi. Um, uh, the Doctor's a superhero to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and you have, like, Clara saving the Doctor, or you have Rose mm-hmm. saving the Doctor, or you have Amy Pond saving the Doctor. So um, I don't know exactly when the shift took place. I think I think it was said, like, Xena and Buffy were really those first shows that, that made the crossover into not just a woman who needs to be saved, but women who can do the saving. And um, I think we're definitely starting to see that in television. Yeah, definitely. Just having women with their own plot lines instead of just being there to, you know, support um, a male protagonist or just a male character in general is just really something that I'm so glad there's far more of, especially in any medium, uh, video games, film, TV, even podcasts and radio. It's it's really empowering, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what else other producers create. Yeah, definitely. What I, what I, think, I like... Oh, sorry. No, it's all right. You go. Okay, what I was going to say, just going off of what you just said, was that, you know, even women right now, because that I've noticed all these great strong stuff, starting back with Xena and also going into what we have now with, with on Arrow and Agent Carter and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like... I've noticed that there are more women involved in these shows than there were 30 years ago. Like, when when I was growing up, it was just, like, myself and one other friend, who a female friend, and we're like, oh, good, you like superheroes. And it was like we were the only ones that knew each other. But mm. now, I mean, look at this podcast. How many females are on here? How many <laughs> women are watching Arrow and going, oh, my gosh, Elicity, you know, and fangirling? Like, we finally, we finally have it. Like, I feel like I've been waiting so long for this, and it's so yeah. great that you know, we're not the only, you know, I don't feel like I'm, like, the only one anymore. And, you know, we're, we're finally getting more women who are actually involved on these shows, um, whether it's been from the beginning with starting with Xena or even actually Doctor Who going um, as a Doctor Who fan. You know, actually one of the first female executive producers was way back for the beginning of the show, um, you know, with William Hartnell. So it's great that there's more and more women because of these characters that are being developed is what I'm seeing. Another show that I grew up with that really impacted me as a woman was the Power Rangers. I don't know if you guys ever watched yeah. that. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I was a big fan. You know, the original. Yeah. The yeah. Original. yeah. It was on like 1990, like three, 94, yeah. 95. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was I was like eight or nine when those shows were on, but I wanted to be the Pink Ranger. I wanted to be Kimberly. Like I would practice, you know, doing kicks in my living room and fall on my butt. Um, like that was one an early show where a woman was a part of the group. It wasn't just about the Red Ranger or the White Ranger. You know, like they were all a team. Um, and then the X Men comic book series that was on. You had Storm and Rug and Phoenix. So I think the 90s are really when we started to see that shift. Definitely. I think one of the things that I've enjoyed watching is that I think when you get people asking for strong women, sometimes those people can be asking writers or something like that to sacrifice other parts of the women just so they'll appear more powerful than the men maybe. Um, and one of the things I've loved about Arrow and Once Upon a Time, um, The Flash and everything is just because they're women doesn't mean they can't kick butt in whatever way, shape or form. Um, they don't necessarily have to do it physically. Like Felicity Smoke, she can hack stuff, which is incredibly difficult to do and learn and remember. Um, but... She's not just able to hack stuff. She's also able to feel emotions. She has love interests on the show, but she isn't just there 
as a love interest. Mm -hmm. She's there because she's part of the team and she contributes something beyond romantic feelings. Which Um, is nice because they're starting to finally do that with Laurel. Like, she's far more than just, you know, the really, really talented lawyer that she is. She's now becoming Black Canary, which is very interesting. And, I mean, people knew that that was going to happen eventually, but it's happened Mm. so soon. And I think they're writing it so far pretty well. Yeah. I've liked it so far. Are there any shows on TV today that you would consider is maybe taking a step back? I try to avoid those shows. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to watch that. You know, that's an interesting question. And I would say I haven't found any shows that are taking a step back. But I think the movies, still the superhero movies and sci-fi movies, I think they need some work. Like, I think TV is, is... Far advancing their ability to write strong female protagonists over films. Like, like even in both Star Trek films, like the reboot that J.J. Abrams did, I mean, he is known for writing strong women. He worked on Alias and Felicity. Mm -hmm. But, like, I, I still don't think that they were giving Zoe Saldana nearly enough to do or to work Mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I watched some, I watched the first Star Trek pretty recently and I thought, she actually did a really, really good job. I thought that there was a lot for her. Well, I thought that they skirted the edge. Like, they were like, they wanted it to be like an ode to the old Star Trek, so they kind of tried to keep it that error. But they, they kind of borderlined her. I mean, they did have a fight scene with her, you know what I mean? But that was, like, borderline. Yes. Yeah. She talked back plenty. I know. Yeah, like, there was this thing where she was trying to get on the boat. It. Okay. I don't know, Marvel did a poll on Twitter um, asking, I think it was, what movie people wanted to see. And it was four different options, but it was all male characters. And I remember a, that tweet. <laughs> overwhelming response that everybody wanted a Black Widow film. Um, they listed um, Captain America, uh, The Hulk, and uh, Iron Man. They said, which movie yeah. are you most looking forward to? And there were so many tweets that just said Black Widow. I was wondering. Yeah. There were a overwhelming <laughs> amount. It was great. And I So you all as women, are you all excited that Marvel made the announcement that they're going to be releasing a Captain Marvel movie? Um, so are you all excited that, you, that that's coming out? Or would you all rather see a Black Widow film? Or are you happy that that's coming out and you wish that they were still going to make a Black Widow mm-hmm. movie? I mean... You know, and also DC on the other end having a Wonder Woman. I, they're not making a Wonder Woman film, are they? Yeah, they are. They come out yeah, they've been trying for yeah. years. Next yeah, year. standalone Wonder Woman film is and coming out. Not next out. year, uh, 2017, right? Yeah, it's right before the Justice League. I feel with the I feel with the Black Widow movie, like it would it would be awesome, but they've kind of played her in too many movies to now do like an origin story. Yeah, yeah. They're putting well, her wouldn't, origin. Wouldn't though, that benefit looks- her? I think that I'd rather see an origin story of a new character. I mean, there she is. She is such a big part of all those other movies. Like, I don't know that one by herself would would be that. You know, I don't know. You're going to hate me for it. I, <laughs> no, it would be a tough script. I agree because, like, I think with with Agent Carter recently, we're finding out the origins of what those poor Russian little girls were growing up to be, you know, like that's where we're still getting that backstory. So I'd rather see it crossed over into television because then you have more time to develop it. Uh, Yeah, I I totally agree. Yeah. I feel like part of me is really excited that they did that on the show and they're going to be talking a little bit more about Black Widow specifically in the movie, but I feel like that's kind of skating around the having Black Widow as this, center character in a standalone film and TV show. Like, it feels like they kind of added that as an afterthought. They're like, oh, yeah, we can include this as long as there's something else in addition to it. It felt like a little bit of a note. I wish, I mean, I am looking forward to Captain Marvel. It is a step in the right direction, but for Black Widow, it feels like they just, they didn't, they they figured it out too late. And I think if they heard the response that they got earlier, about how people really wanted a Black Widow specifically filmed, because they didn't really have her too much in Iron Man and the other movies she was in before Avengers, it could have been so much more different. There could have been room for a Black Widow film. 
Definitely. The problem, the problem is, and I, and I see where Kevin Feige says this, is that statistically, a standalone female-based film does just, the numbers don't do well in the box office. Mm-hmm. The film yeah. might be fantastic, but just the numbers don't prove yeah. it to be that way. So from a, from a business perspective, I, I totally get why they don't want to go forward or why they didn't want to go forward to begin with because it wouldn't generate the profits that everybody thinks it would because it just statistically yeah. it doesn't do well. Catwoman, mm-hmm. Elektra. God, I forgot there, there was another one. Yeah, in but there. those were awful Electra. movies. Again, <laughs> I was going to say, you said two awful movies. Again, again I, I didn't think Electro was bad. I, I thought Catwoman was absolutely terrible. But yeah. I never watched Catwoman. I don't need to watch Catwoman. <laughs> I refuse to watch but, Catwoman. But but going with that, now let me ask you guys this, or you girls, rather. Um, would you... Do you think that it's better for a female-driven character to be written by a, a woman? I don't think it really necessarily has to be a woman writing for a woman or a man writing for a man. No, 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 no. But do you uh, think it would be better yeah. for the film? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The reason why I'm bringing that up is because someone that we forgot to mention, or I don't know if you guys were even thinking about this, but James Cameron is a very, very strong adv- advocate for female-driven characters. Sarah Connor, his version of Ellen Ripley and Natiri in the Avatar movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's very, he's a very strong advocate for you know whether you guys realize it or not, but those movies are actually centered around the woman, mm-hmm. not yeah. the male. Those are great examples, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think I, at the stage where Hollywood is at, sorry for cutting you off, Lauren. Um, women writing fe- uh, female characters is good. Um, and I don't think men can't write female characters, but particularly in the movie industry, I think women writing female characters is helpful. Um, not necessary, but helpful, I guess. I think, we get each other. Yeah, I think a woman writing for a woman makes sense because a woman knows what it's like to be a woman. Yes. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I know, that, I know that sounds really obvious, but, like, I couldn't write for a man. Like, I'm working on a screenplay right now, and I have male characters, and I can only write these men as well as I understand men. And, yeah. you know, even if I'm intuitive and I'm perceptive and I, you know, talk to the guys in my life about what it's like, you know, to be in their heads, I will never know what it's like to be a man, you know? Yeah. I'll never know what it's like to be able to, like, focus on something so completely or compartmentalize, you know, projects and emotions, just all the kind of stereotypes you hear about how men think, I can't do that, right, because I'm not yeah. a man. And, like, for a yeah. man to write a woman, he can do as much as he understands about women. Maybe he had a really good relationship with his mother. Maybe he's a really good husband to his wife. Maybe he is really close to his sisters. But yeah. if you aren't a woman, there's certain types of, like, like ranges of emotion that yeah. you just won't necessarily understand. And I think men do a great job of it. I think J.J. Abrams does a really good job. I think um, Adam Horowitz and Eddie Kitsis on Once Upon a Time do a really good job. Mm. But I think I think the bigger problem is a lack of female screenwriters making big budget films in Hollywood. I now, why that. is that a problem? I have no idea. Um, I think getting hired as a woman in the business because there are a lot of male execs, it, that's really where the problem yeah. is. Like, a really good example is Nicole, I think her name is Nicole Perlman. She worked on the Guardians of the Galaxy script for, like, nine years as, a, like a, as a project at Marvel. Like, she fleshed out all of these characters, and then they gave it to James Gunn, and James Gunn did a great job with it. But does Nicole ever get mentioned in interviews and press? No. Nope. Like, why not? She's not going to take the credit from James Gunn. It's not like she wants any credit. But no one's talking about her. And she did so much work on Guardians. Yeah. So I think that's more of the problem. Yeah. I think, personally, what I guess, veering away a little bit from the superheroes, personally, my favorite female character or female characters in a movie are all from the Harry Potter films. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, like... I guess, like, Hermione Granger, Minerva McGonagall, Molly Weasley, Ginny Weasley, um, Fleur Delacour, the list goes on and on and on and on. But 
they are some of my favorite female characters and they're multi-dimensional and I love that JK Rowling had input onto the script of the movies because if even if they like they took the script from the book but um even if she hadn't had that input I don't think we would have had the same multi-dimension in the female characters that we did um and so that's personally one of my favorites and I wish we saw that a little bit more I still in think movies. Jenny could have been better though yeah oh yeah like to bring that back to the tv discussion i think Mm. the reason why we're seeing a lot of strong female protagonists on television is because there are a lot of female screenwriters um like marissa tenterone she executive produces on agents of shield Mm. and i think that has a lot to do with why that why Agent May and Agent Sky and Gemma are such a big part of that cast and why there's women of color on that show because yeah. Marissa is Asian. And so like, I think, I think that's why we're seeing a, a um, better written female characters on television is because we actually have female screenwriters writing for television. <laughs> and the other person I'd bring up, Oh, sorry, you guys. <laughs> I mean, like, we're seeing even more just outside of the super, the, the superhero TV shows itself, because then you have, like, even stronger female characters in shows like Scandal, uh, like Olivia Pope, and that show's um, produced and written by a woman, and it's the same, uh, Shonda Rhimes, who also does Grey's Anatomy, which has very strong female characters in both shows. So and How seeing, to Get Away with Murder. Yeah, and How to Get Away with Murder, too. So we're seeing more like, much stronger female characters in higher positions of power, because now you have, you know, she works for the president, and then you have, she runs her own law firm, you have people who are doctors, and then uh, lawyers, and things like that, so you're moving these women up into, like, higher ranks of power, but you're also keeping them, you're giving them, like, really strong lines, and very strong, just a very strong presence, so, yeah. I mean, I love it. <laughs> the other person I would mention is Tara Butters, who is an executive producer on Agent Carter. Yes, um, Tara and her partner, Michelle. <laughs> yeah, they're brilliant. And I've only watched two episodes of Agent Carter because I haven't had time to watch the rest. <laughs> but I've loved every episode I've watched. It's amazing. And I think she does a great job at writing it. Um, and, yeah, love that. So, Agent Carter, um, since we're back on that <laughs> television show here, um, Agent Carter, when she was created by Marvel Comics, she was kind of created as a uh, a damsel-type character for uh, Steve Rogers, Captain America, mm-hmm. um, and then later evolved into a stronger character. Why do you think Marvel chose a character like that to to be, like, the forefront woman of, of like, the Marvel Universe uh, on television? Why do you think Marvel chose her? she's relatable like she's 100 percent what women in that era i would assume i mean obviously i'm not from the era but how they would have felt yeah mm-hmm. people already knew even... her name in the comic book so it's only fitting that you know that they choose somebody that you know longtime fans will remember and at the same time new fans will you know get Take to know interest. you can take any character in any scenario from the past, give her a good script, and she will become something really beautiful and really amazing. That's kind of what they proved very well with Agent Carter. I think one of the things as well with Agent Carter that I noticed watching the episodes is that um, even though it was set in the 19... I think it's 1946, um, that a lot of the storyline she's discussing... Still very relatable to women today. Um, mm-hmm. Not nearly, it's not necessarily nearly as prominent, um, but women still get snide remarks in the workplace about, can you get me some coffee? Could you do this for me? Um, because you're a woman, you should be doing this. Um, and like, 
I'm self-employed, but I still get that. Um, and so when I watched it, I'm like, I love this because she's like going, no, I'm trained. I know how to do my job. I'm good at my job. You should do your own work. Um, so I love that. And she's very relatable. And it's the same with Felicity. Smoke on Arrow. Um, I can relate to her on so many levels. And that's <laughs> originally what drew me to the show is like, I saw this clip on YouTube and I went, who is this person? Where do I see more? I think one of the strongest moments, sorry, uh, for me with like Agent Carter was just in the most recent, one of the most recent episodes when she said that like they were wondering how she was able to run her own investigation Mm -hmm. behind their backs and she said the most poignant thing that she could possibly say. She's like, to you, I'm invisible. So unless she's holding their lunch or their, you know, something to give to them or their coffee, they don't notice her. So she was able just to slip through and run her own investigation until that point where she wasn't invisible anymore so that was definitely speaking to that time and even now is to women now because some people feel even in the workplace some women feel invisible unless they're doing something for somebody else I'm really glad that a lot of these shows actually depict the sexism and the misogyny and the chauvinistic attitudes because that's real stuff that we all deal with. I know I definitely have dealt with it. Um, I think there's a statistic like one in three women in the workforce will, um, or one in five women, one of those two numbers, will have some form of sexual harassment while working. Yep. And yeah. it, yep. it's definitely something that needs to be shown, and it should make the audience feel really uncomfortable. And it should be make people think, aren't we past that? I mean, with the whole feminism movement and the equality movements that are going on, no, it's still real. And I'm really glad that a lot of these shows, like, they'll take a female character who is being put down because she's female and she has, you know, feminine attributes, and they show it, and they show that it really does affect everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And w- one thing I was going to say, like, going off of that is that, I've noticed that a lot of female characters who are supposed to be strong or whatever are perceived as being a bitch. Sorry, I have to say it, but yes, yeah, yeah, oh, yes, yeah, so much. I hate that, that word. That I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And what I really love so much is that with you know with the female characters that we have right now, they aren't perceived as that. They're perceived as they have a lot more respect. I mean, poor Peggy Carter she's stuck in the forties, so. Um, mm. but she has that respect though from Howard and she has that respect from Jarvis, you know, it wasn't, well, let me go ask these guys who are now in charge of, you know, to help me out. Let me go ask the girl, you know, the girl who can really help me out. And that's what I love about, um, you know, the, you know, it, it's slowly kind of shifting in those terms, but it's not there at all. It's still not there. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, and just to chime in on that a little bit, I, there have been um, tropes, like types of women that usually show up in stories. And mm-hmm. the, the tropes are usually the virgin or the whore. I mean, that's how, like, yep. I, like in writing classes, they teach, like, they teach you this. Like, those are the yeah. two types of women you can have in your stories. The really goody two-shoe, you know, girl next door, or, you know, the really bitchy, you know, woman who sleeps around all the time. And there are more to women than that. Like, that would be like saying there's only two types of guys that can be on television. You know, the mm-hmm. boy next door, like the geek, you know, or, you know, the chauvinist who sleeps around. Well, there's a whole lot more types of <laughs> There's a whole lot of men out there, too. No, not, so. not the second part. <laughs> the first one. The first one. You know, yeah. like, so I, I, you're, I totally agree with you. I love the fact that now there's actually dynamic women mm-hmm. in storytelling. Like, just that, that all kinds of stereotypes are starting to fall by the wayside for men, for women, yeah. for people of color, for people with disabilities. You know, TV is, 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 Stepping out of stereotyping everybody, which is very refreshing. And I think Definitely. we're seeing it the most on superhero shows. Mm-hmm. Okay. I um, watched a panel from Comic-Con 
um, hosted by Zachary Levi, who runs Nerd HQ, and he got in a bunch of women who play really strong female characters. It was Yvonne Strakowski, who was on Chuck, um, Retta, who's on Parks and Rec, uh, Missy Peregrine, who's on Rookie Blue, then Jennifer Morrison on Once Upon a Time, Ming-Na Wen on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Sophie Turner, who's on Game of Thrones. Um, and they brought up that question of tropes and how often it's portrayed that if a woman a woman says no to something or she stands up for herself, she's portrayed as a bitch, which um, I know I've had that said to me when I've stood up for myself or said something like that. And it's like, well, no, I'm not going to do that because that is, for whatever reason, degrading or something like that. It's not appropriate. Um, but then you immediately get that perception back on self. And I know I, when I made that decision, I second-guessed myself a lot going, should I have just said yes? Am I making things difficult for myself or something like that? And the end, I'm just like, no. It's If a guy had asked another guy to that, the guy would have refused point blank. So mm. I can refuse point blank. Um, and... It's kind of, I think in some ways it's still shocking to the audience. Particularly, I know there was an interesting and very mixed reaction to the end of episode 12 of this season of Arrow um, because Felicity just said to Oliver, I don't want to be a woman you love um, mm. because all this stuff has been happening and you're making unilateral decisions you're not and she understands where he's coming from but she's just it's not working for her at this point in her life and so she said no and a lot of people react to that going why did she say no this is what she wants and I'm going but no you've got to understand you've got to understand this isn't what she wants she doesn't want this type of relationship and when Felicity said that I'm like Good. Oliver needs to hear us. Yeah. Um, and, like, I think one of the things we have to be careful of is that, particularly in screenwriting, and I know it hasn't happened a lot, which I'm thankful for, but I have noticed a little bit is that that does happen sometimes, is writers will betray a woman standing up for herself, and then the next episode or whatever there'll be a lot of repercussions on her because of that decision she's made. And it's not her feeling those repercussions because of the decision she's made. It's the other people unhappy with her decision because it doesn't suit their ideals of what she should be doing. So, yeah. So previously we mentioned um, earlier television shows that featured women very heavily, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Xena the Warrior Princess, um, even the old Wonder Woman show. Uh, coming out next year, we're going to be getting another superhero female being added to the, the lineup of television shows um, in the way of Supergirl. Um, what are your thoughts on that character being brought out in the forefront? Is that something Is that something that um, you all can be excited about and be behind? I mean, it's about superheroes, and it's got a female protagonist. Of course, I'm going to watch it. Um, depending on how well it's written, that's another story. But I'll definitely yeah. support it in a pilot. I always give a show three episodes. If they can't get yeah. their act together by the third episode, I will just find something else to watch. Um, yeah. But I really think, so far from the press releases, the casting, and um, the very little information that we know so far... I think it has the potential to be really, really interesting. It's more about um, Kara, because they kind of combined her name with another Supergirl, which is, like, kind of cool. Um, it, it's her trying to do with normal life after, you know, developing her herself a little bit. And I think she's going to be Superman's cousin or something like that. And oh, I wish I had the details in front of me. I, I should probably look that up. But... Um, I think it's going to be just more of, not more of the same, but I, I think it's just going to be very small villish. Yeah. yeah so that's what I'm worried about. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, hope it is. I, hope <laughs> yeah. it's small I think everybody's worried about that. Yeah. I'm hoping, like, um, like I love all of 
Greg Belanti's work pretty much, and I think he's a great producer and everything. What I'm hoping they'll do, though, is they'll definitely develop her quite broadly um, and make her a very multidimensional character. Um, like, I'm loving – I was very on the fence about Laurel before she became Black Canary on Arrow, and I like her a lot more now because they developed her character into a much bigger multidimensional role. And what I'm hoping they won't do is just they'll give the, she'll be Supergirl, but she'll have the characteristics of Superman and she'll do everything he does. So mm-hmm. it's perceived as a strong female character because it doesn't really work when you do it like that. Um, like, yeah, she could struggle with not having – she's got to go out on a date or something and she doesn't have the right outfit. Yeah, that's fine. But she's also going to come across something happening in the street and she stops it and saves the situation, I guess. But I Yeah, but I don't yeah. want to see a clone of, like, Superman on television no, just for them not. to make a female version of Superman. I mean, exactly. that's just making a – making a female version of a male character just to do that. I mean, I don't want to see that in a, no. in a television show, I guess. Well, I'm looking at... Um, multidimensional. Yeah, I'm looking at a um, an article that was posted a month ago on Screen Rant about the show, just to give a little bit more information about Cara uh, Danvers. And it says that it's going to be a sort of like a crime-based show. She's going to be more of a detective character, which is kind of what she was in the comic books. But they came out and said that it will be a female empowerment story and that there are huge feminists who are writing it. And they said what what's special about Supergirl, it's not about her powers. It's not about her looks. It's about her smarts, her intellect, her skill, and just how she's flawed, but there's a great humanity to her. And to me, that sounds, you know, that sounds like something that we're always looking for. That sounds better than what we're getting out of what we got out of Smallville. I mean, that was yeah, and then even the original Supergirl movie, which was oh gosh, I mean that was awful. So (laughs) I'm so nervous though. It's 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 like I I I have to give the pilot in at least two other episodes a chance. But like you know these guys, they're with me. I mean it's if it's like Smallville all over again, far on that, then forget it. I mean I can't, I couldn't even do it. I think. Mm. I, I think that with all the bashing that I know Slade and I have done with Smallville, because we've said it, <laughs> the more that we watch Arrow, the the more I hate Smallville. And yeah. I think I think the rest yeah. I think yeah. the rest of the world is like that. That Smallville, for what it yeah. was, you know, it's it's it, it was a good show for what it was. Yeah. But at the same time, when you see the spawn of Arrow and Flash and Constantine and Carter and Agents of Shield, it's like. Smallville became the pinnacle of what not to do on a superhero-based show. So I think I think yes. Supergirl will be okay, but mm. the one thing they need to stay away from, which is Smallville all over, is the freak of the week recipe. You got to stay away from yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got to have an arc. Got to have a centralized villain, and the show will be yep. fine. Another show that's coming out is the Teen Titans show, and that's going to be a kind of a strong team dynamic with multi multi members. Uh, two of those members. Uh, They've listed as Starfire and Dove, female characters. Um, so that's going to be another show that's going to have some uh, potentials of having role model female characters. What's really uh, great about that show is actually four out of the six members will be female. It's going to be a mostly female cast, which will be a really interesting dynamic that has never been explored in any group dynamic. We didn't get that in the Avengers. We didn't get that with Teen Titans, the comp, the show, Young Justice even. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then finally, we have Laurel Lance, who is growing into the character of Canary. So in future episodes of Arrow, we're going to be seeing the Black Canary character becoming um, kind of uh, Laurel basically owning the character. She's uh, making it her own. Um, I guess in the Canary's episode, she pretty much told told herself that she wasn't Sarah. She wasn't doing it for Sarah. She was doing it for herself and is making it her own thing. So we'll have a new strong character there. What are your thoughts on all these characters? I mean, you know, I've asked this question before earlier. Um, this, you all feel this is still heading in the right direction? Do, do you have any fears that these shows might take a step back a little bit? It's interesting that um, that we have strong female characters on shows 
like Arrow and The Flash and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has only been on a season and a half. Flash is still in its first season, and then Arrow is kind of into its third. Um, but now all of these shows are starting to step into the realm of superheroes. Because mm-hmm. technically, nobody has superpowers on any of these shows. Yeah. Except for Barry Allen. Everyone has okay. skills that they've developed over time. And so, like, Laurel stepping into Canary, that's a completely different realm for her. She's mm-hmm. never had to fight anybody before. She's never had a gun pointed at her. And then another good example is Sky's character on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's turning into Quake. Um, and spoiler alert for anybody who's not caught up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, um, you know... She was discovering that she was, I don't know what they call it on the show, but she's like a metahuman in the Marvel Universe. And yeah, she's an inhuman. And so now she's going to have superpowers. And that is something that we've never really seen on television, at least not recently, like to see women explore their superpowers. Because, like, the way that women deal with emotional situations, the way that they deal with nurturing, like, all of that is different. And so I'm really excited to see someone like Laurel step into Canary and to see someone like Sky, like, explore her powers and make mistakes. Well, Lauren, and, I think, I, and not to interrupt you, but I think you're forgetting about something. Is Were you ever a, a fan of Heroes? Oh, uh, I didn't ever oh, watch yeah, didn't. Heroes. But even the tagline, oh. save the cheerleader. Exactly, yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. uh, oh my God, what was her name? But anyway, she... Isn't it Claire? Claire. Claire, Claire yeah. on the show, Claire. yeah, Claire. Yeah. yeah, Claire was the um, was the uh, not really the focal, but at least at least for that arc, she was the focal point because mm-hmm. it was all about her. Yeah, save the cheerleader, save the world, and that they they had some pretty good. Because uh, what was it, Danya Ramirez? She played the girl with the black eyes or whatever. And um, matter of fact, uh, somebody just mentioned her um, that she's on this other show now, but uh, she was on there also so that she could. Uh, <laughs> God, I'm just rambling on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Sorry, they, they had some pretty, they had some pretty good female-focused characters on there too. But Heroes was a good show, which is also coming back on. By the yeah, way. yeah, you're to- you're right. There have been there have been some women with superpowers before, but like I think it'll be really cool to watch Sky, you know, tear up an entire city block. Like, I with her power. <laughs> um, something too to note about the Supergirl show in the pilot, the villain that they cast for her to fight is called Lumberjack, and he's supposed to be like this massive guy, like the size of the Hound from Game of Thrones. And so I think that tells us that we are going to see her powers pretty strongly on display in that show, mm-hmm. which yeah. I think is they're is exciting. Anything. They're definitely going to have her powers, but it's just not her most interesting quality. Yeah. yeah. I think my thing with Laura Lance that I have noticed this season is that she did in season one, there were a couple of times where she defended herself um, because she's like, she's a daughter of a cop. Now, I don't know if you guys know daughters of cops, but cops make their daughters take self-defense lessons. Mm-hmm. Same with military kids. I'm not kidding. Um, <laughs> And so one of the things that I've liked is that she has been a more natural character in that she is very slowly easing into the Black Canary role, but she's not completely clueless in how to defend herself, um, which I've really enjoyed. And I've also, this season on Arrow, loved, loved, loved seeing Sia kick some butt. Yes. Yes. Um, Finally. Like, Yesterday's episode. Yes. Oh, no. oh yes. Yeah. Yes. Arrow was absolutely incredible episode for Thea. That's um, She's really like, grown so yeah, much and throughout the show. Yeah. Like, um, there is a scene in there where she uses her small size to her advantage. She's not complaining about her small size, but no, she's using that to her advantage, which I really love. Sorry, I'm trying to avoid spoilers. Well, um, I think we're coming to the the end here of our discussion. Is there any final thoughts that anybody wants to kind of put out there? Yeah, I called Thea killing Sarah, by the way, just so that everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I remember talking I about I called that. that the first episode. <laughs> It'll be 
it'll be yeah. interesting to see where her character goes with that knowledge to see how much it will affect not only the progression of her character since the first season till now, but to see how she takes that and yeah. grows with it. Either it's going to destroy everything that she's become or she'll use it to really grow and become even stronger of a person as the show progresses, which I'm really, really excited to see, especially next week about what she does to Merlin. I'm so, I'm so thrilled. So thrilled. (laughs) Really excited for next week. Um, Just some closing thoughts that I have, even though like, it's easy to say that like the movies need to catch up. And I mean, at the end of the day, this is the greatest time to be alive to be a fan of superheroes. Uh, so I would agree. Even though I think there's areas of improvement, like I go to bed happy every single night that we have <laughs> these shows on television and that we have DC and Marvel and and Fox um, like making films about <laughs> new <Fox>. characters. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> forget 20th Century Fox, you know. Um, I mean, I almost got my week filled out. I mean, yeah. it's, it's great yeah. when all the shows coming out. Yeah, it's so great. So, like, a, even though things aren't perfect, it is a damn good time to be alive. And, oh, really? you know, I, I will take I will take Black Widow in movies over her not being in anything exactly. <laughs> yeah. any day of the week. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I end uh, on that note. <laughs> well, Lauren, do you want to give a plug for your website? I do. So I write for Fantastic TV, and we're at fantastic.wordpress.com. And uh, some friends and I write for that, and we recap shows like Gotham, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Better Call Saul. Um, and then I also produce Assembly of Geeks, and Assembly of Geeks is a really cool podcast. It uploads every Wednesday, and it's hosted by three really awesome people, and we try to bring guests on, people who go to Comic-Con, people who, um, you know, have an extensive knowledge about comics. We had uh, Pat Loika on a couple weeks ago, and he's just like a compendium of Marvel information. Um, and you can find us on assemblyofgeeks.com. You guys can follow me on Twitter, Lauren underscore Galloway. I'm usually live tweeting shows, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> yeah, lots of great nerdy things. And then I also contribute for the community, which is uh, community.entertainmentweekly.com. Um, and you can find a lot of great articles on there about Arrow and Supergirl and The Flash. Also, Assembly of Geeks has been hosting an Agent Carter recap series. And we have been talking about Agent Carter and recapping all of the episodes. So for those of you who are caught up on the show and are getting ready for the finale, or you are catching up on the show and would like just to hear our thoughts and our theories, you can find our podcast at Peggy Carter podcast on iTunes or on Assembly of Geeks. Yay. That's awesome. Thanks for joining us, Lauren. Yeah, thank Thanks you. Thanks for having me. You guys are great. Invite me back, please. <laughs> we want you back. <laughs> we want you back. Yay. Welcome to the show. <laughs> hey, you got that recorded, right, Slade? <laughs> yes, I, I do have that recorded. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I want to thank everybody for joining me uh, joining me tonight on this panel, and uh, I, this is going to wrap up this episode of the Temple of Geek podcast. Uh, stay tuned to templeofgeek.com for the next all-new episode, and as always, thanks for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash templeofgeek. And remember to visit thetempleofgeek.com, your one-stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.